Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back to Tell New Orleans, 129 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television around the planet Earth on both YouTube and the Listen Live stream. If you want to find Listen Live stream, just go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Stream is brought to us by Opportunity Bank of Missoula. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to get a hold of us, give us a call, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that number, and uh, Reese will forward those texts right along to me. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Ryan Tutel is not here. It's 2020. It's supposed to be his last week. It's supposed to be his second-to-last day on the show, and he's still on the show. He's just not here. We don't need to bore you with that. You hear enough about the world at large. Every second of every day of your life, you're here for the sports, and that's why we have something really cool for you. I grew up in Missoula, Montana. 
Uh, My family moved here in 1993 and spent most of my, well, I shouldn't say most, all of my childhood, all of my adolescence up through college in Missoula. Followed high school sports since I was a kid, played high school sports at Big Sky, and then followed high school sports pretty intensively when I was working at the Missoulian and the Montana Cayman, and then abroad when I was living in Washington, and then, uh, of course, as my job when I was working in Bozeman at the the Daily Chronicle there. And uh, I never in my life thought Sentinel, Missoula Sentinel, would be a powerhouse in football. There's just a lot of things that contribute to the factors of Missoula itself having an uphill battle when it comes to high school football, open enrollment, the dwindling populations of each of the three high schools, culture, tradition, all those things. That said, I always found it fascinating and strange that a Missoula team had not won a state championship since 1994 and, in fact, had not even played in one. And uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. We could do an entire radio segment. Maybe we will when Gus Tutel gets back or maybe we'll get a prep extra segment going. But either way, Missoula Sentinel, once upon a time, lost dozens and dozens, even more than 50 games in a row. They had a couple different losing streaks that were seasons long. They were... Far from elite, they were in fact probably the bottom of the class double-A barrel. And over the last 15 years, they have incrementally and rapidly at the exact same time built this thing up. Pete Joseph took over in 2005, and by the time he left in 2012, Sentinel had made the playoffs for the first time in years. He left for a brief time to then to return as an assistant, but Dane Oliver took over the head job in 2012, and he's built this thing up now where Sentinel's made the uh, final four in the class double-A playoffs three of the last four years. And this year, they posted a victory in the state championship game over Billings West to claim their first state title since 1948 and Missoula's first state title since 1994. Pete Joseph, the head coach, the former head coach, and now an assistant, Dane Oliver, the head coach, and Chris Cosina, who's been along for the ride for all of the years. I think he's been there 13 seasons at Missoula Sentinel. Uh, He's got a front row view of this thing as well, coaching the offensive line, a volunteer coach, and one of the good guys in this community really giving back to the kids because he just loves it. He loves to see them succeed. But all three of those guys, they were there when when the struggle was real. They were there to encounter all the challenges that face building a powerhouse program in Missoula. And now they were there to celebrate with the kids holding up the trophy. This is our Coach's Corner presented by Opportunity Bank with Pete Joseph, Dane Oliver, and Chris Cosina. The three amigos from the Missoula Sentinel State Champion Spartans. It's time now for our Coach's Corner. It is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And very happy to be joined by the head coach and a couple members of the coaching staff of the undefeated and state double a champion Sentinel Spartan football team. We got Dane Oliver, the head coach of the Spartans, as well as a couple assistant coaches, Pete Joseph and Chris Cosina guys. Thanks so much for being here. And first of all, congratulations. This is a round table. So I'm going to give this to, to the three of you, uh, Dane, maybe you can start, but, with all that went into this season and also the building over the last couple of seasons and being on the doorstep and state semi-championships and stuff, you've had a couple of weeks now to reflect on actually summiting the mountain, as it were. How does it feel to sit in the seat and, and know that you accomplished what you accomplished with a very, very special class? Yeah, I've had a few weeks to reflect and uh, sit back. And I think just some, some thoughts that come to mind is how difficult it is to to, to win a state AA championship. And I think that's a reflection of a lot of other programs in the state. Um, and 
it, it's it's pretty special, uh, and it's just the culmination of uh, a lot of hard work by a lot of people, uh, and to, including these two guys that have, have been with us from the beginning. And you know, so rewarding's the words, uh, emotional, um, satisfied. But uh, you, as a head coach, you immediately go back to how do how do we do it again next year? So you try to find that balance between uh, reflecting back and looking forward, and uh, just just honored uh, to be part of a, a great group of people, and they could be rewarded for this hard work over over a long time. And Pete, for for you to answer that question, just want to add. I mean, how interesting you were the head coach of this team for seven or seven seasons or so before Dane took over. You left, took a job in Fresno, came back, but you've been part of the Sentinel Spartan football program, man, for, for 15 years, basically, and, and as a head coach and now as an assistant coach. So the growth, again, that you've seen to be at this point is what? Well, I think it's, I think it's amazing what Coach Oliver has, has con- created and can, continued on. But, yeah, like when, when I first took the job, I was young. I was like 29, 30, and I can really remember Sports Illustrated ranked every best program in the state and every worst program in every state. And they put capital one, they put us last, then they made a top hundred list and Sentinel was 100. So you can make the argument that sports illustrated pretty much said we're the worst program in the nation, you know? Uh, and those little, like the reason I'm sharing that is that those little bits of like, you kind of poking the bear, you can't do this. Those types of things really motivated me. And then, you know, getting guys like Chris and Dane in my third year, helped a lot because you were kind of, you know, at first I was building everything. We were kind of building stuff from scratch, you know, fundraising, touchdown clubs, off season programs, everything. And, you know, getting Chris and Dane was a godsend because those things were actually culture wise, what I was focused on. And I needed someone. And when I got two great guys, I mean, obviously Dane calling the offense, I could just push that aside and focus on those other things. And, you know, kid retainment, all those things. So, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's an honor to be a part of it and watch it come to fruition for sure. And, Chris, for hey, you. Chris, Chris in, your, in your view, I mean, how has this thing grown and developed? I mean, as somebody that's had a front row seat for 12 years now, how have you seen the Sentinel football program grow? Yeah, you know, it's it's been pretty amazing. I mean, it's you know, from where we've come to, to where we are now, um, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of great kids have come in and out of the program, but, but to see it kind of build from, um, you know, like, like Pete had said about compliment and Dane, you know, Pete got the, got the baseline going here and, and Dane kind of took off and ran with it here. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot, I spent a lot of time with the, the Missoula youth football program around that as well. And, and you can see that, that you know that's a layer we've had a lot of great parents and that's a layer where where it really kind of gets started with these kids understanding understanding football understanding formations understanding the the terminology that we use and being able to carry it over in into high school so they're they're more mentally prepared for what that next step is and you know it allows us to you know you can kind of see the fruits of that labor from that from those early years um coming through now with with kids being able to progress at a more advanced rate to to find success um 
you know, but, but it's, it's the family aspect and, and just seeing the bonds between these kids and these coaches that uh, how they've evolved through the years that I think takes us, takes us to kind of that final point of where we are this year. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And Chris, I'm, I'm interested too, specifically now you, you're an offensive lineman from Brown going back to your playing days. Now you've been here and coaching the offensive line. This is a, a very heralded group up front, comparatively speaking, both with former Sentinel, you know, teams that you've coached, but also just what you've seen across the landscape of class double a, where does this, where does this offensive line group rank? Oh, this is a great group of kids. Um, you, you know, I think that, um, in the past, we may have had some, some kids with some physical capabilities that were outstanding here, but, but what, what separates these kids and I think separates them in the state and, and just separates them from the history of Sentinel is, is the bond that they have. Um, you, you know, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on communication, you know, pre-snap communication, talking, you know, talking between series, things like that. And, you know, these kids have really bought into not just the physical aspect, but, but the learning and the technique that goes along with it there to, to work as, you know, I mean, I, I always like the saying, it takes five fingers to, to make a fist. And, you know, and these, these kids were those five fingers uh, to be able to kind of punch through that wall there and, and, you know, blend into one where they're trusting one another. They're, they're knowing what everybody, not just what they need to do, but they knowledge wise, they know where everybody else is going and, and such. And I think that for an offensive line in particular, those five guys being such a tight knit unit um, carries it a long way and, and is what really separates this unit um, from, from other, you know, other O-lines that we've, we've seen in the past and in the state. And we've talked about this all year. You guys had a lot of guys that had a lot of talent and they got a lot of headlines, guys that were committed to the Grizz, you know, before the season even began. And, and that number has been added to here in the last couple of weeks. But we've, we've talked about this on our show for about a month now. Talent is secondary to the special bond that you seem like your kids had, the buy-in to the program, the, the all-for-one, one-for-all, the true team element of it. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because, I mean, it seems as if, that's the thing that really pushed you guys over the top and helped you win the state championship. Yeah, I think that's a, an intentional aspect that not only myself as a head coach uh, tried to impart on the kids, but you know, I give a lot of credit to our assistant coaches and then the leaders on the team. Uh, it's not easy, right? There's one football. You just take the example of offense. There's one football. And there's just, and, and honestly, we got to play about 40 snaps before we had to pull those guys off the field because it was a running clock a lot of the time. So uh, just, I think the credit goes to the kids and that, that's a reflection of the, the type of kids we have uh, here at Sentinel. And it was the difference, right? We've been knocking on the door for a long time, but we needed a group to, to kind of break that barrier. And it's amazing uh, the, the lasting effect that can have on a program when you have a senior class like we did that, that bought into it. And then, you know, we practiced what we preached, right? We, we spread the ball around. We had, we had two kickers. We played two quarterbacks. You talk about 5-0 linemen, but I think of a kid like Connor Hangus who came in in the semifinal game and took every snap because Gino was beat up. So uh, the, the kids deserve the credit for it. I uh, look at 
the the two guys sitting with me here, Coach Joseph, Coach Cusina, you know, that I believe the the heart and soul of the football team is the offense and defensive line. And these guys, the culture, uh, the lead the way mentality to steal Coach Joseph's term, um, it, it set the foundation for the rest of the rest of the team. And um, it, it's a special thing. It's why we coach is to take a group of guys, come together and and think with one mindset. And it's been a long, long, long journey to get to that point, but very rewarding. You know, Pete, uh, I'm interested in the, the, the program building aspect of this, especially going back to your time taking over. We talked before, but you, as you mentioned, uh, the hundredth program out of the bottom hundred, according to SI. And what do they know anyways, you know? Uh, so, but, but to do that, and we know like Coulter and I grew up in this town when, when we were playing football nineties early up, Sentinel was not, you know, this is the bye week you know? And so to take that, and build it when there's not really recruiting, there's not like you, you just kind of get what you get. How do you go about that? And then how rewarding is it to see, you know, what you've done now? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I was fortunate as a young coach. So my senior year was Gary Eckergan's first year at Big Sky. Mm-hmm. And I watched him kind of do that thing. And then I was kind of part of some of those staffs here and there. And then I go to Spanaway Lake High School, south of Tacoma. I watched John Roback take a program out of nowhere and build it up. So I had great mentors. And then when I got to Sentinel, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Rob Watson, our current superintendent was the principal here. And he was, he was awesome. I mean, he gave me time. He understood that it was a culture build first. Um, so that was nice. So a ton of support, you need a ton of support and then you need people. Like in, it, I, I was never going to get this thing up over if I didn't get someone like Dane you know, I didn't get people like Chris to buy in when no one wanted to be a part of it. No one wanted to be a part of Sentinel football. Nobody. Um, so, you know, that was that was super important. So the people around you have to be there. I think second of all, your vision has got to be consistent from the minute you get hired. Like you got to say, this is what we're doing and not waver off it because, you know, those first two years for me were living hell. Uh, but I never wavered in our we, we kept building up numbers and getting kids out. And I remember, I'll never forget our soft, my, the, my first year group of sophomores won city as sophomores. And that was the first time that that's happened by 20 years. And I remember making that a huge deal, getting t-shirts. Like it was probably bad. <laughs> it probably wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but it was a building block, you know, and kids were coming out and then, um, so when I got Dane and Chris and other guys, like I kind of just said, Hey, run with it. I can take care of these other things, the youth football program, the off season stuff, the fundraising, all that stuff needs to be in place. And you need to just start checking things off. Right. Cause you walk, you know, at that time you looked at programs like what Jack Johnson had going at CMR, like what was he doing that we weren't? That's, I was able to start checking things off the box. And luckily I had great support and enough time around me to get, get to, you know, we were all in the same deal and heading in the same direction. I think that part is one part that maybe the general public doesn't understand is that you hear the narrative, especially in class AA, okay, Billings West wins championships because Billings West has the most kids. That's it. They got numbers. They're going to have more talent. But there's so much more that goes into it, from coaching to a program standpoint, all, all these different things. But just talk about all the elements of building a program, because you do. You have to have parent support. You have to raise some funds. You have to have continuity within the community. I mean, as somebody that grew up in Missoula, I never understood until now as an adult the youth football 
aspect of oh, things. Yeah. I remember like in Frenchtown, for example, like Tim Roscoe wasn't letting his kids play Little Grizz. If, if they were going to go play at Frenchtown High School, they were going to play in the flag football league in Frenchtown and learn the system. And we had kind of an absence of that in Missoula. And you saw like in Bozeman, for example, you know, Bozeman's always had a ton of kids. They didn't start winning state championships for the last 10 years because Troy Purcell came in there and actually installed some stuff, a baseline. So talk about building that foundation in the community and all the things that it takes more than just numbers and talent. Well, I, the, the slide, and I, I've used this for a few years, and I, I can't get visual, but um, it talks about total program alignment, and it, it's a visual of getting all the arrows going in the same direction. And, and those components, uh, you, know, you talk about weight room, athletic training, youth football, parent support, you know, uh, administration support, coaches, the list could go on. I could, I could keep naming, naming them off, but I think uh, I'm, I'm – uh, I understand my strengths. I would not have been able to do what Pete did. What it's not my strength to establish a um, touchdown club to run a golf tournament. I don't like to do those things. And so I'm smart enough to know that Pete re really he established that foundation, and it was already the groundwork for me because uh, I like coaching football, and I know that as a head coach I have to do some of those things. But um, so I think it's that's what this why I became emotional and uh, is you see that the 13 years of work come to a pinnacle and, and that's, it's pretty special to see. So I think about guys like Ryland Ort and Elias DeWaters and I go back farther to Wagaman and Ben Roberts, you can go on and on, Stephen Rominger. Like, I feel like we let those kids down because we didn't have the failures to allow us to get to this point. And not saying that we have the answers now, it just came together because of 12 years of failing. And that's a, uh, it's a pretty special deal to have it come together. Um, so it's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts. And uh, the, what, what I said to the parents was when, when it's a special thing, when you see an organization become aligned and all the arrows are going in the same direction, greatness can happen. And that can carry over into any organization you're part of. It doesn't have to be high school football. So that was a lesson I think kids can take away. So if you're ever in a leadership position in your family, the more you can get aligned, and going in the same direction, that's when greatness happens. You know, Chris, you've been coaching at Sentinel now for over a decade, and you've been doing it on a volunteer basis. And I know I speak for the other two guys when they are in it for the money, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, a get-rich-slow scheme, coaching high school sports in Missoula yeah. uh, that they're on. But nonetheless, I mean, to come in and volunteer your time, to dedicate it in, in the way that you have week in, week out, year in, year out, what, what, is the, what is the motivation for you? What is it that keeps you coming back? Well, and, it, you know, and I'll be, you know, totally transparent with it. When I, when I came into it, I, you know, I came in because of, you know, the, the relationship with, with Pete prior to it and thinking, you know, I can come in and I'll, you know, I'll help out for a couple of years and someone younger will come in with, with more energy and such. But, uh, but, you know, just like Dane was talking about, uh, you know, Pete, Pete can suck you in. So, I mean, he's got, he's got a way of, of, you know, just like building the program with the kids and keeping them out. I mean, it's, you know, we, we were able to starting with Pete and then Dane, you know, build a great family of coaches as well. Um, and, and, and then, you know, our, our families, 
um, you know, we've gone through so much together and, and I give a lot of credit. I think we all would give a lot of credit to our wives and our kids. Um, you, you know, we're, we're a real tight family unit at that level too. We've, we've brought children into this world, you know, during this run and, and, you know, and, and spend a lot of time outside the football program together. And, and I have a nine-year-old girl daughter who, Nora, who, um, you know, if I've ever brought up the potential of not coaching anymore, she gets mad at me, to be honest with you. She, uh, she says, dad, you can't, you can't stop coaching until I'm done with high school. I'm like that's nine years. I'm going to be almost 60 then. And I'm not sure anybody <laughs> listening to me right now. So, um, so, you know, I, I come back for the kids. I love the kids. You know, there's nothing better than walking down the mall one day and hearing someone say, Hey coach and look back and, and, it's a player from 10 years ago and, and you get to catch up on where their lives are at and their marriages and their families growing and, and such. And, you know, that energy just keeps me coming back. It, it, you know, it comes down to family, it comes down to family and I've, I've found one and it, it's a great family and, and I don't, don't see an end in sight to, to me being a part of it. Pete, you mentioned just the, the competitive element of maybe, trying to prove people wrong, poking the bear. You knew the status of the Sentinel football program. You wanted to, to chase this goal. But did you see some of the intrinsic potential of Sentinel as well? Because, I mean, Missoula's always had great athletes. It seems like Sentinel had some elements that maybe just had been untapped. If so, what were those elements, and did you see the potential early on? Yeah, no. I, I, matter of fact, um, you know, growing up in Missoula, Sentinel was kind of, kind of the program. I mean, I know Helgut had a good run there with Troxel and, and those types of things. Events. But yeah, I knew Sentinel had the ability, you know, but you got to keep in mind enrollment was like an 893 or something like that. Right. When I got to, like, it was by far the smallest school, but the infrastructure, as far as the parent support and the community, all those things were there and kids are kids. I mean, I knew that just building relationships, you know, and getting kids out and that the athletes were there at Sentinel, um, that was going to happen. So the, the, I guess the having faith in, in, in kids and public institutions and uh, public education was, was part of it too. Um, I also realized that, you know, at that time, Sentinel families were able to go wherever they wanted. And Sentinel families were not coming, they were going to other places to play football. And, uh, and that was the deal. And I, I could remember, remember going, you know what? Okay, fine. If it's, if this is what it's going to be and it's open enrollment, like that is a huge window and a huge opportunity to get kids. If you can, if you build the culture, you know, and, and kids want a, a safe place and a fun place and a competitive place, like I knew we could do those things. So um, I, I could see those, those opportunities for sure. Uh, it was just a matter of, again, having a plan and putting your, putting your mind to it and building around great people. I mean, you can't do this alone. You <laughs> know, be the first one to tell you, it, it is an immense undertaking. Um, you need you need everyone around you, and I and I entrusted that. You know, I, I gave up authority. I gave up uh, whatever I could to get people in and just support the kids and see where it goes. And and like I said, luckily we had some great great people helping us and some great kids, and we just kind of steamrolled it. Um, but I, I think that every single program, by the way, has those opportunities. I think you need to be aware of what it is you need to do. Uh, in order to get it going in, in the right direction. 
Well, Coach Oliver, we'll finish up with you on this. Uh, you didn't just win state. You and your coaches and your team dominated wire to wire uh, in an entire football season, which is incredibly rare. I mean, you're in the upper echelon now in terms of teams in the history of this state at the AA level, what you guys did this year. And you got another year coming up as it does around the corner. How do you go out of this as now the team, uh, the team to beat? Well, I, that's that's what you want. That's what we've been building towards. And you know, each each program goes through different layers where you you, you just want to be a contender, and that, and then you, you you finally reach the pinnacle and you win championships. So uh, it it makes um, you know. I, I'm hesitant to say it makes my job a little bit easier, but it creates buy-in, right? The, the proof's in the pudding, uh, and, and you can reflect back on this, but, you know, it's so, a new thing for me to navigate is how much do you talk about what we've done in the past? Because we, we haven't really ever lived like that. So that, I have time as a head coach, and unfortunately I have great people around me to, to help navigate that. And I can't say enough about how uh, this year, you know, without – uh, coach Joseph, Coach Casino, Coach Dennison. I mean, there's all the coaches uh, guide us, but ultimately how we were able to make this such a special year was our players. We had really good players. Really, uh, there's no, these guys aren't just going to college because Coach Oliver or Coach Joseph promoting them. They're great football players and they're great people. And that, uh, if we can continue to build on those things, I, we can't guarantee we'll win championships again, but uh, I believe in that process will allow us to, to be a contender every single year. Dane Oliver, Peter Joseph, Chris Cosina, guys, congratulations once again. Unbelievable run that you've had. Uh, you deserve every bit of it. You and your team, congratulations to you on it. Thanks so much for being with us on the Coach's Corner this week. We appreciate your covering high school athletics. Thank you. Pretty cool. Those guys deserve all the credit in the world. So if you see them, Tell them thank you because it's not just a Sentinel thing. It's very cool for the Garden City to have great mentors and great men leading young men in our community. The opening day, Lost Trail Powder Mountain, Thursday, December 3rd. That already happened, so that means it's already rocking. Make your plans now for a fun and adventure-filled weekend or weekday at Lost Trail. Open Thursday through Sunday, 9.30 a.m. until 4 p.m., Tickets available at off-site locations, online at LostTrail.com or at the ticket window. New this season, all pass holders. Uh, tickets can be picked up at one of the outside ticket windows. Loads of safety precautions in place. So we can all have a terrific season for their COVID-19 policies. Check out LostTrail.com as well. Let's stay safe and enjoy the season. Find directions, trail maps, lodging info, season pass info, conditions, and more at LostTrail.com. We're late. What else is new? Gus isn't even here. We're still late. Grizz Greats, Brian Toon. He's a butte boy. Part of that safety that helped prove to be the final margin of victory of the 1995 National Championship. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Championship right after this. Connections are what bring us together. Whether halfway around the world or in the office next door. Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect. 
to more. Tuesday on the Walls, watch night ESPN Missoula to tell. Not in the studio, but he is on your radio waves. So you might not see his pretty face, but you can still hear it. I'm Coulter Nuanez, and uh, this is supposed to be Ryan's last week, but we might get a couple more days out of him uh, coming up, maybe next week. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you apprised, but have no fear. Four to six every single day. We will have great commentary, analysis, and content on your Airwaves, whether it's 1029 ESPN or SWX Montana Television or on the YouTube channel or on the Listen Live tab. Chris, great silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions marches on. We're going to share a piece from Brian Toon here in a minute. But back in 1995, when the Grizz were about to win that national championship, there's a good chance when you called your friends, family, and colleagues on the other side of town, you called using phone services from Blackfoot Communications. 25 years later, Blackfoot continues to keep our homes and businesses connected with state-of-the-art voice and internet services. Blackfoot takes great pride in celebrating the indelible mark left by Montana's run to its first football national championship in 1995. And Blackfoot is excited to sponsor Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, a 25-part podcast series reliving the epic campaign one more time. Brian Toon, an all-Big Sky defensive tackle, is our latest Grizz Greats. You can go to grizzgreats.com or 1029ESPN.com, or you can just subscribe Subscribe, rate, review, all the good things on your podcasting platforms to search Grizz Greats. Here's Brian Toon. What do you remember about practice, though? Because, I mean, it, it, that season, I mean, you're playing every day against maybe the best offense in the country, right? So what, what was that like? Yeah. Uh, that was phenomenal. I mean, that's isn't that the greatest thing? Like, well, you've got you've got a top defense and a top offense. We made each other better. Um, um, I mean, I... The the biggest competition that, that the defensive line and offensive line would have, we would come up against each other in our one-on-one pass rushes, and that was – it was like game day, every day of practice when we would do one-on-ones. And what one-on-ones are for the listeners is when you uh, – basically it's a it's – a, one offensive lineman against one defensive lineman, and the defensive lineman tries to get to the quarterback. Um, and it's a quick, and I remember those getting so rowdy and we were all so competitive. Um, and I think honestly, that kind of attitude, that competitive spirit is kind of what pushed us. Of the interior offensive lineman that you most probably went against, who was the toughest matchup? Man, they were all so tough. Honestly, like, like Kempfer was just an incredible center, um, Mike Agee was always uh, on it. Uh, Jeff Zellick, um, those guys were the ones that I can that that stood out to me. I, although I will say, like before this, um, when I would have to go up against Scott Gregg, because I was on the meat squad when Scott Gregg was, uh, and and before practice, he would make me run um, defensive end. You know, uh, against I uh, play defensive end against him as he was passed, and I'm telling you that that was. Uh, getting hit by one of his punches was, uh, so I would say, of uh, he was one of the ones that that I remember the most. 
take us through that 1995 regular season because I think that's fascinating that you got hurt in Idaho. So you guys have it rolling. You know, you have the great uh, outing at Washington State where you, you take them down on the wire and then win a whole yeah. bunch of games in a row. But then you lose to Idaho, lose to your to your rival, basically. And I know Idaho fans still gloat about that to this day. You know, they're the ones yeah. that beat the national champs. But from your seat, losing that game and then having to sit out until the playoffs, that must have been excruciating. Oh man, I, I I cried like a baby because and 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 a big part was because I knew what we were going to do. Um, I knew where we were headed. I, whether we whether we won or lost that game, I knew where we were headed. I think everyone on our team knew where we were headed, and um, and so that was like I, I made it my mission to get back as soon as I possibly could. Um, and that's why in the in the surgery they said you know. I had a choice of what to do, and and I chose two rods being stuck into the uh, bone so that I would so that it would be more secure for when I when I got back. Uh, but man, I, it's that was that was uh, some. I was oh, I was so mad, and it was it was broken by my own teammate too. It was uh, we were I I had just hit the ground at just the right time while uh, uh, somebody's legs came flipping around and hit me. You know, that, that playoff run, uh, again, so impressive at Washington Grizzly Stadium, those three games that, that were just completely dominant, but also cold yeah. and also everything just absolutely rolling, both both sides of the ball. The game's over at halftime. You finally make it back right for that Stephen F. Austin game. Then you go to Huntington, West Virginia, and you got Marshall, and it's a whole different animal. By all accounts, throw Washington State, Boise, Idaho, whoever. This is the best team you guys played this season for sure. And it was. Yep. a completely different style of game, as it turned out, than really what you'd had a lot of the season and certainly in that playoffs. What do you remember just about that game as it, as it started to unfold and you realize, man, this is a low-scoring defensive battle we're in right here? It, it is, and and the turf was different because you know we were playing on sloppy fields up until that point. Um, so the turf was different. Uh, the uh, they were aggressive, um, but it was. It, I just remember um, uh, digging in. We 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 just knew we had to dig in. It was. I think. I think honestly, our defense was a little bit sh- shocked that the offense wasn't kicking into gear a little bit more. Um, you know, watching what was, what was going on with those guys that was like, okay. Um, and I, and we kept coming to each other saying, okay, we've got to do this. And I, and I think that's a, for a defensive player, that's your mentality anyways, is, um, it's going to come down to us not letting them score. Um, and, and that's what we, that's what we did. There was a uh, particularly big play in this football game that turned out to be actually the final margin of victory, a safety in the third quarter. And you and another Butte guy, Randy Riley, yeah. coming around the corner, getting to Chad Pennington. And uh, when we when we spoke with Randy, he said, man, I didn't even think we got a safety. I thought he threw the football, and, and that was what it was. <laughs> Take us through that play that turns out to be one of the iconic moments of the national championship game. Man, so it was a, a twist or a cross where um, where I would cut around where the defensive end would come in, and I and I would cut around, um, or actually that was it was the tackles that came. Sorry, but um, so we had a twist going on on the inside, um, and I remember making a move and coming around, and I'm with Randy. I I 
buried my head into him, and I, I swore he would let let go of the ball. And so we kind of got up just thinking that nothing nothing was wrong or that we uh, had it was an incomplete pass and then found out that it was uh, that it was a safety. And I'm telling you, the sweet part about that is it was with uh, Randy Riley, who he and I went to Grizz camp together um, back in Butte. When, when from Butte anyway, and went to the the Grizz camp together, and then when we both got recruited and both ended up committing to UM, uh, we then became roommates, and uh, we would talk about because at that time I was a defensive end too, and uh, we would talk about man, wouldn't it be great if we could just come in together and make a sack in the end zone or uh, a sweet sack and and uh, and to when that actually happened, it was kind of a it was really surreal. I uh, I think we were all emotional, and uh, and that was. But at that point, we still in the game didn't know how crucial that was, right? I think I think we were just ready for the next play, ready for what was next. But looking back now, it's like wow, the fact that that actually happened and we were able to to do that together is is pretty awesome. See now, Brian, I think we need to now, we need to go rent out a bar in Butte and have you guys tell that story to the masses 25 years later. Embellish as much as you'd like. I think there's no better <laughs> no, no, no better place you could retell a Glory Days story for 25 years later than Butte when it's two Butte guys making the sack. Uh, you know, I did read an article that that is the, uh, it's the, it's Chad Pennington's worst memory of uh, college. So I, we, <laughs> we could take, <laughs> I thought, I thought, oh, I took, we took pride in that. As they should. Butte's finest. Brian Toon, go check the full episode out. Grizzgreats.com, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the podcast app or just subscribe to Grizz Greats. Give us a review. We'll appreciate it. Grizz Greats proudly presented by First Security Bank of Missoula. In 1993, when this run was first beginning, Dave Dickens is a sophomore. The Grizz football team trying to host their first playoff game, and they knew they needed to get the game in Missoula. So a group of local businessmen, spearheaded by former First Security Bank President Bill Boucher, guaranteed the bid for UM Athletics. That commitment to First Security Bank has never wavered. Two years later, 1995, the University of Montana turned that local optimism into national prominence when the Grizzlies won the Division I AA National Championship. And 25 years later, First Security Bank, proud to sponsor Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, a 25-part podcast series remembering that epic season. First Security Bank, proud supporter of Grizz Athletics and the University of Montana. What do you know? We're late again. (laughs) Who's we? Gus isn't even here. Thursday Night Football, maybe a couple plans for 2021. Next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or 
or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Two-Tone Nuanas, Mojo 9, ESPN Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana Television, worldwide on YouTube, as well as the live stream. Hey, we're out of time. What else is new? I don't know what to tell you. Tomorrow was supposed to be this nostalgic, whimsical show where we send Ryan Tutel off on his early retirement road trip, midlife crisis, whatever the hell he's doing. But he's not here right now. So we can't send him out like that. We, uh, we're going to have him come back and blow kisses to the camera. In the meantime, Friday's show going to be pretty standard. 12 for the 12s with Mike Dugar from The Athletic. Got the chick who doesn't know sports. Got giveaways to Dobie's Teriyaki and the Iron Grizz. Probably recap tonight's Thursday night. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. Dot org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.